What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be the six-shooter original air date is May 6, 1954, and the title is Anna Norquest. Hope you enjoy, and again, thanks for listening. In a moment, you'll hear James Stewart as The Six Shooter, just one of the many fine programs brought to you each week on NBC. Tomorrow night, there's top comedy entertainment with The Bob Hope Show, The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, and Can You Top This with Senator Ford. Bob Hope delivers rapid-fire comedy routines, while Phil Harris and Alice Faye bring both mirth and music. It's a great Friday night lineup of comedy programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the six-shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle, unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as The Six Shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponson, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. It was Friday morning when I got to Smoke Falls on my first trip to town about three months. Dad Foster needed a little extra money for feed, so he asked me to drive about a dozen of his heifers in and sell them at Saturday's auction. Well, I turned the cattle over to Brad McLean. He was the auctioneer. And then, seeing it was about noontime, I wandered into Windy Night's Cafe. Windy's food's real good, too. Corned beef and cabbage, boiled potatoes, rice pudding for dessert. Real tasty. There was only one drawback to eating there. Wendy. And then Ned Burt. Uh, he's a marshal now, Brad. But I guess you knew that, didn't you? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, I, I didn't. I, uh... Oh, sure, sure. He was elected last July. 102 votes was cast. 102. Well, that's the biggest election we've ever had in this town. The biggest in this part of the state, for all I know. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, huh? Well, unless you count Fort Lyons. And over there, they ain't very particular who they let vote. Why, I hear tell there was a drummer passing through the town last election day, and they just drug him right off to the polls. Mm, don't say. Yeah, I'll just bet you, if there was to be an honor census, we'd show up with a good 20 more people in Fort Lyon. Never saw him. Never saw him. Well, I sure was a fine meal, Wendy. Now, well, now, where to... do you think you're going, Britt? You ain't let me tell you about Marshal Burke finding Seth Quincy's body. 
Huh? Well, what did you think I was leading up to? Well, I didn't exactly know. Yeah, a week ago last Monday, that's when it happened. Oh. Yeah, the reason I remember so plain is, wrong about 10 o'clock in the morning, it started to thunder. And I said to Mrs. Coombs, I run into her coming down Main Street. I said, Mrs. Coombs, I said, don't let that thunder fool you. It ain't going to rain the first week in September. No, sir. I lived around here for 17 years and it ain't never rained after the 25th of August. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, now, what about Mr. Quincy? Well, I was coming to that, Britt. Can't you give a body a minute? Oh, sure, sure. Well, uh, where was I? Oh, yes. Well, he was lying on the floor of his parlor when Marshal Burke come in. And they say the place looked like he'd put up quite a fight, too. Broken furniture and glassware all over the place. I see. A slug in his chest, that's what killed him. A shooting must have been around 11 o'clock that morning. That's so. Yeah, leastwise, that's when Mrs. Henderson said she heard what sounded like a shot. You know the Hendersons, Britt. Live right over in the road there, uh, just down the road a bit from uh, Seth uh, Quincy's ranch, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, I know. Uh, Clyde Henderson. He's that short, red-haired fellow who marries Sarah Watkins. Uh, I, I said I knew him, Wendy. Well, there's no need to take my head off. I'm just trying to give you the fact. Oh, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Give me the fact. Well, let's see. Where was I? Well, that's the trouble. Somebody interrupts you and you lose your whole train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. About Seth Quincy. Well, I guess that's all there is to tell. A trial was last Monday. A trial? Sure. Pete Kelgren, the fellow that killed him. Pete Kelgren? What's the matter with you, Brett? Ain't you listening to me? What? Well, you know, you kind of neglected to mention Pete Kelgren before, Wendy, you know. I did? Yes. Oh. Well, uh, there wasn't any doubt but that he was guilty. When Marshal Burke arrested him, Kelgren still had the $400 in his pocket. $400, huh? The money he stole from Seth. Oh, uh-huh. That's funny. Pete Kelgren never struck me as a type of... Uh, I guess you just never can tell about people, can you? Oh, I didn't know you was a friend of Pete's, Britt. Well, we weren't exactly friends, but we met up a couple of times. He always seemed like a nice young fellow to me. Well, he even admitted Robin Seth. Of course, he says that when he come in, Seth was already dead, and the strong box was just sitting right there, real inviting. <laughs> he sure must think we're a bunch of ignoramuses expecting us to believe a yarn like that. <laughs> well, I suppose it could be true. The jury didn't see it that way. Hanging is scheduled for next Monday. But, but hanging? Well, I reckon I owe you a quarter, huh? Well, now, just a minute. I'll get you your change. Well, I'll be doggone. She's still there. Hmm? Well, that girl over in front of the depot. Been standing there since 9 a.m. this morning. Come in on the express from Fort Lyon. Oh. I guess she's waiting for somebody to meet her. Funny, I ain't heard of nobody expecting visitors. And I usually get wind of a thing like that. Yeah, yeah, I imagine you do. Yeah. Well, here's your change, Britt. Thanks a lot. No mention. I'll, I'll be seeing you, Wendy. Hey, you're going to be in town for a while, ain't you? No, no, I'm heading back to Foster Ranch tomorrow. Oh, that's a shame. You'll miss the hanging. Mm-hmm. Well, I reckon I can do without it. Come on. I couldn't help noticing the girl waiting on the station platform. She's young, not more than 20 or so. Pretty, too. The straw-colored hair that was sort of fixed up in braids across the top of her head. Real pretty. And it sure looked like she intended to stay around Smoke Falls for a spell. At least why she had plenty of luggage with her. Two great big canvas suitcases and a wicker basket packed over the floor. I started to cross over toward her, and she gave a little turn. 
She was frowning, kind of anxious-like. And she seemed to be studying me as if she was trying to make up her mind about something. I, I, excuse me for bothering you, miss, but uh, is there anything I can do for you? You come to meet me, mister? Uh, oh, no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see now. You could not be him. Uh, how's that? He's shorter, fella. He sent me a picture. He's a different-looking man. Uh, then you're waiting for somebody. Oh, huh? sure, sure. Well, maybe if you told me who it is, I maybe I'd be able to find him for you. It is man I came to marry. Oh, oh, I see. He write letter over two years now. He have family in the same part of Sweden where I live. A B Swedish, mister. Uh, yes, yes, I sort of figured you might be. Yeah. Then he send me money. I come to America. I think he must be a rich feller, send me so much money. Two hundred dollars. Hmm, yes, well, that's good some money, all right. He, he tell me stay with my sister in Wisconsin till he makes some more. I say there's six months over, but I get tired of waiting. I still have $50 left, so I take train west. Uh-huh. Well, maybe he didn't know you were getting in today. Maybe that's why he's not here yet. Well, they write him letter from Wisconsin. My sister helped me. I'm not so good at English language. No, no, you're doing all right. Doing fine. He must be busy working. That is why he's late. Okay, we'll come. I do not worry. Well, whatever you say. Go on. Uh, mister? Yeah? You're a friend of his? Well, uh, I don't know. You didn't tell me his name. Oh, I'm a very <laughs> foolish person. I need to use my brains. It is a Peter. Peter? Yeah, Peter Kelburn. You have heard of him? Why, uh, yeah. Yes, I've heard of him. You do not see him anywhere today? Uh, no. No, I haven't seen him. I thank you, just the same. Uh. Yeah, mister? I, uh. I didn't tell you my name, either. It's Ponsett. Britt Ponsett. I'm very pleased to meet you, Mr. Ponsett. I am Anna Nordquist. Oh, how do you do, Anna? Why you look at me like that, mister? Well, uh, Something uh, is the matter? I... Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid there is. But Peter, he is not sick. No, no, it isn't that. Well? well you, you said you'd come to America to marry Pete? Yeah, Sure. But you don't know him very well, do you? Over two years, we write letters. Oh, uh, oh yes, but I, I mean, with, with, with you letters... You think I you... cannot love a man I never meet? No, no, not necessarily. I know Peter used the same as if we meet a hundred times. We tell each other everything in letters. Well, maybe so, maybe so, but I... Yeah, I... yeah, I see, I see what it is you think. Oh? You tell yourself I only marry Peter because he sent me so much money, because... He is such a rich fellow. No, no. No, of course not. Well, I tell you the truth, mister. I marry him because I love him. I never see him, but I love him. There's no other reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, of course, Anna. Uh, uh, so why don't you come over to the cafe and have a cup of coffee? Huh? Oh, it's very kind of you, but I must be here when Peter comes. Well, I'm afraid Pete isn't coming. You not understand? No, I'm awful sorry to tell you about this, but, uh, well, he's in jail. In jail? Yeah. You mean police arrest him? Well, it was the marshal. It was about the same thing. What did Peter do? Uh, well, uh... Oh, sure, sure, and no. He's scared to meet me, so he has too much to drink. No, yeah. no, Anna. It's, it's a lot more serious than that. Tell me, mister. Well... The folks say that he killed a man last week. 
Peter Gilderman? Yeah, it sure looks that way. No, it could not be. He's a fine, good feller. Yes, well, I guess you're bound to think that, Anna, but... Uh... They make big mistake. I tell them so. They let my Peter go. Where is Jay? No, 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 I wouldn't do Please, that. Please, mister, where is Jay? Well, it's just around the corner there, but I don't think I'd Thank I you do very it. much. Now, here, here, let me give you a hand with those I things. I can manage. Huh? I can carry suitcase. Never conform. I'm plenty strong. Now, listen, Anna, I'm afraid the marshal will... Goodbye, mister. You come to bedding, yeah? Oh, sure, sure. I, I mean, I... Well, good luck. Well, I didn't see where it was up to me to give Anna all the details about the hanging Monday and everything. She'd find out soon enough. Sure was a tough break, though, after coming all this distance and marrying a man she'd never seen. Well, I strolled around town for an hour or so, and then I headed over to George Billings' house where I'd left my things. I was planning to spend the night with George and his wife, Ella. They offered me the use of the spare room. Hmm. Yeah, nobody home. Well, I picked up the flower pot on the top porch step, and I found the key under it. And I thought there was a note from Ella, too. He said for me to go inside and make myself comfortable. There was a copy of the Smoke Falls Weekly Gazette on the hall table. I skimmed through it for a couple of minutes. The main article was about the Quincy shooting. Pete Kilgren's trial. Oh, there that is. Oh, hello. They tell me I will find you here. He must talk to you. It's important. Yes, well, come in, Anna. Thank you very much. Um, won't you sit down? I would rather stand. I get too nervous if I sit. Mr. Ponsett. Yeah? What is wrong with Marshal Burke? Oh, nothing as far as I know. He says Peter must be hanged. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it is not possible. They would not hang a man who is not guilty. Well, Anna, maybe Pete is guilty. No, he is not. The marshal let me talk to Peter. I ask him if he does this awful thing. He tells me no. Well, uh, Anna... It is no lie. I can tell a man who lies. It is the truth what Peter says. Well... He is fine fellow. Better even than I hope. My sister warned me I should not expect too much. I will be disappointed. But, Peter, he is good and kind and handsome. Oh, he's a nice-looking boy, all right. No doubt about that. And he did not kill any man. He could not be the one. Well, he's admitted stealing Seth Quincy's money. For me. That is why he takes it, so we can get married. It is very wrong to steal, and he must be punished for it. Well, if he was willing to steal, To he... steal is not to kill. And that is why they hang him, yeah? That's right, yeah. Then you must keep them from it. Hmm? Yeah. I tell Peter that we meet, that you are very nice to me. He says you be a famous person with the funny name, um, Dick Shooter. Oh, yes, yes. He yes. says you will prove he is not guilty. You will talk to Marshal for him. Oh, uh, well, I don't see what talking to Marshal Burke would do. Please, Mr. Ponsett. Uh, i tell you something now. 
That's why I say I come to marry Peter, because I'm in love with him, because of letters, what he writes. Well, maybe I not speak the truth. Maybe I just want to come to America. I think I get no other chance. But now it is the truth. I meet him and I talk to him. And I am in love. I love him very much. You must believe me, Mr. Ponsett. Oh, sure, Anna. Sure, I believe you. Then you will talk to Marshall. Yeah. Well, all right. All right, I'll talk to him. are listening to The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponsett, the Texas cowpoke whose name has become legend throughout the West. Now, act two of the story, Anna Nordquist. When I left Anna at the hotel, I went over to see Ned Burke. His office was in the front part of the jail where they were keeping Pete Kilgren. Ned had only been marshaled for a few months, but he'd had a couple of years' deputy experience, so he knew the job. And he was sort of a man that usually made a good marshal, too. He's quiet, not looking for trouble, but able to take care of it when the time came. I sure felt terrible, Britt, when she came in here and told me who she was and what yeah. she wanted. Yeah. I let her talk to Kilgren, figured it was the least I could do. Just seemed to make things worse, though. He convinced her that he was innocent and I was out to get him. Well, well, no, nobody's going to believe that, Ned. That girl might believe it. Guess I wouldn't blame her if she did. That Kelgren's a pretty smooth talker. Yeah. Uh, Ned. Yeah, Brent? I, there, there couldn't be any doubt about it, could there? Hmm? I mean, as I understand it, Pete says that Quincy was already dead when he got there. Well, sure he does. And that he took the money because... Well, it was just so darn tempting. Oh, it don't stand to reason that somebody'd murder Seth and then go off without breaking into a strong box. Now, does it, Britt? No, no, I guess it doesn't. Uh, besides, Sarah Henderson seen Pete riding away from Seth's house not five minutes after she heard a shot. Mm-hmm. What, you uh, rest him the same day? Well, I came into town right after I found Seth's body. Sarah had sent for me. She had a feeling something was wrong. Kelgren was at Bud Winkler's place. That's where I found him. Mm-hmm. He still have the gun on him? No. No, he claimed he didn't own a forty-five. That's what the slug in Seth's chest was, forty-five. Mm, I see. And of course, Pete had plenty of time to get rid of the gun, and there are plenty of places between Seth's ranch and town where he could have ditched it. Mm, well, that's true enough. Anybody ever remember seeing Pete with a forty-five? Mm-hmm. Not that I know of. Now, wait a minute, Britt. You ain't taking Pete's side in this thing, are you? Well, I'm not taking anybody's side, Ned. I'm just curious, that's all. This was a cold-blooded killing. You go on out to Seth's place, you'll see. He was an old man, but he sure put up a darn good fight for his life. And from the looks of things, he went on fighting after he was shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I just might take you up on that invitation, Ned. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, about going out to Seth's place. I'll see you later. was getting on toward dusk when I reached Seth Quincy's ranch. Whoa. Whoa, boy. Whoa, Scar. Whoa. I walked up the front steps and 
tried the door. It wasn't locked. Seth had lived alone. It didn't look like anybody had in to straighten things up since the murder. Boy, there sure had been a whale of a fight in the parlor there. A couple of broken chairs and some stains on the sofa and pieces of a lamp that had been smashed against the fireplace. Strong box didn't seem to be there. I figured they probably needed that for the evidence. Well, I poked around for about half an hour, and then I headed back to town. The moon was starting to come up as we hit a bend in the trail, and the doggone thing happened. Now, Scar was usually as sure-footed as a mountain goat, and not a bit skittish either, but when a bat came winging out of some cottonwoods, I... I darn near sailed right out of the saddle. What the sand hill is going? Whoa! Whoa! Scar! Come on now. Come on. What the... And that's when I saw it. It was buried under a pile of leaves in a little gully. The first thing that caught my eye was the moonlight glinting off a piece of metal. Easy. Easy, Scar. Easy. Of course, it could have been almost anything. A broken spur or part of a farm tool, anything. But even before I pulled it out from underneath the leaves and the dirt, I knew it was a gun. Yeah, who's there? It's me, Britt Ponson. Oh, just a minute. I thank you never come, Mr. Ponsett. I get so worried. Well, I'm sorry it took me so long. It does not matter now that you're here. You talk to Marshal Burke. Yeah, yeah, I talk to him. And you tell him Peter did not kill this man. You tell him Peter is not guilty. No, Anna, I couldn't tell him that. What are you saying? Uh, Peter's guilty. I found his gun. The gun he used to kill Seth Quincy. No. It was hidden in a gully about a mile from the farmhouse. I do not believe you. I gave it to Marshal Burke. Now, you can see it for yourself if you want to go over there. Pete's initials right on the handle. Only one bullet had been fired. It's the right gun. There's no doubt about no. it. No, it could not be. Now, Anna, now listen to me. The only reason I'm, I'm telling you this is, well, after Monday, there won't be anything you can do about Pete. Uh, it'll be better if you just forget him. I will not forget him. Ever. Oh, it won't be easy. I know that. But as long as you know he's guilty, as long as there isn't any doubt in your mind, well, maybe it's for the best that you found out before... Why you try to tell me lies? Anna, this is the truth. No. You say you will show me gun. You say it belongs to Peter. Well, what does Peter say? Well, of course, he denies it. Then I deny it, too. All right. All right, Anna. I guess there's... Nothing more I can do about it. You lie to me. You and Marshall. You try to make me think that John I love is a criminal. I do not understand. In old country, they talk about America. They say it's the best country in the world. But this is lie, too. Where is justice? Where is freedom? They hang a man for what he does not do. Now, now, Anna, it's listen. terrible, terrible country. I wish I'd never come here. Maybe she'll never leave my home. I have no friend, no husband. 
and be alone in country that I hate. Oh, I'm... I'm sorry. And if there's any way I can help you, if, if you need some money... I want no help from America. Well... Well, good night, Anna. The light was still on in the marshal's office, so I stopped off and I asked Ned if I could go and have a little talk with Pete. He didn't seem to think it'd do much good, and to tell you the truth, I didn't think so either, but... Well, I couldn't see it'd do any harm to try, so... Pete was a tall, stringy man, about 25 or so, toe-headed with a yellow mustache, kind of a pointed chin... All right, Britt, I'll leave you here. And you want out, just give me a yell. Nice, man. Sure am popular today, ain't I, Britt? Well, I guess you might call it that, Pete. Well? Well, I thought maybe by now you'd feel like coming out with the truth. I told you the truth before. Never seen that gun my whole life. I ain't the only man with those initials, am I? Good, what's the difference if I'm going to be hung anyway? Well, the difference is Anna. Anna? She believes you, Pete. She believes you're innocent. And as long as you go on saying so, she's going to keep on believing it. Even, even after... It's kind of nice to have somebody believe in you, Britt. Nobody else does. Now, Pete, you weren't railroaded. You had a fair judge and a fair trial. But Anna doesn't realize that. She's young, she's upset, and she's in a strange country. She wanted to come here pretty bad. Had a lot of dreams about this country, and now, that, now those dreams are turning sour. Maybe it's a good thing she woke up. Well, I just don't happen to agree with you on that. I think this is a pretty good place to live. But Anna won't find that out, not if she goes on feeling this way. Well, what do you expect me to do? Confess to murdering Seth Quincy just so Anna can appreciate the good old USA? You ask me, this country ain't so hot anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of folks who'd put up pretty good argument about that. Your own father is one of them. You're just wasting your breath. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. Any man who'd kill Seth Quincy in cold blood the way it you It wasn't did. cold blood. I didn't even... Go on, Pete. All right, but I ain't telling you this because of... I don't even know why I'm telling you. I needed money for Anna so we could get married. I wanted to make a good showing like I told her in the letters I wrote her. Everybody said Seth had plenty of cash, that he wouldn't put none of it in the bank because he'd had a fight with Mr. Putnam and he kept it all in that strong box. I thought he'd gone to town. I never figured he'd come back and catch me while I was robbing him. I tried to hold him off with my gun, but he just kept coming. I, I had to fire. Even then, he didn't stop. Not until... Well... Pete. What do you want now? I, I want you to tell this to Anna. You can tell her. I'm afraid that wouldn't do any good. She's real pretty, ain't she? I never figured on her being so pretty. She was surprised. Yeah. I've been writing her for the last two years. 
Pa's idea. He knew her Ken back in Sweden. There wasn't any girl around here that... Well, leastways, none I was interested in. Uh-huh. Well, Pete... I'll tell her. But it wasn't cold blood, Britt. Not the way you think. Yeah. I'm... Ned. Ned, I'm all done here. Pete finally explained things to Anna, and I guess she saw what had happened in kind of a different light, maybe. Anyway, she stayed on in Smoke Falls, and last time I was through there, she was working over in Wendy Knight's cafe. She changed some, too, the way she wore hair, the way she dressed. But she, she was still just pretty as a picture, huh, George? And you know something? Wendy had changed. He wasn't talking so much. Our folks said that that was Anne's doing. That she'd asked him to simmer down a bit. Well, sir, if she was able to get Wendy to stop talking, even for a couple of minutes, if she had that much influence on him, well, you never know, do you? The Six Shooter is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is written by Frank Burt and is based on a character created by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Lillian Bias, Bill Johnstone, Lou Merrill, and Harry Killer Bartell. Special music for this program was by Basil Edlund and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious. Any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Oh, yes, and by the way, you'll be interested in knowing that the six-shooter has been chosen for broadcast to our men overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Hearing Time brings you the Senate Committee hearings tonight on the NBC Radio Network. This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Join in the conversation by going to otrwesterns.com slash Discord. And don't forget to send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. This episode is copyright under the attribution, non-commercial, share-like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day, and again, thanks for listening.